Kia ora koutou, no mai hare mai. Hello everybody and welcome to Phil and his Capsicum, a poetry podcast and we are on to episode four of season three, which if we stick to the six episode format means we're in the second half of the season already. Can you believe it? This week's guest is a friend of mine, Richard. Richard and I went to primary school together. Richard and I went to secondary school together. We didn't speak for years and years, over university years, and then we realised, why did that happen? And we got back in touch, and now I see him whenever I'm back in England. So great to have Richard on the podcast, sharing some thoughts about his food of choice. Now, huge apologies in advance. We did this recording over two blocks of time. One of us had a a work meeting. It was me. I don't know why I said one of us. And for the second half, I forgot to plug the microphone back in. So I think I sound about the same, which is interesting. Um, Richard already sounded quite ropey. Not Richard himself, of course, but his, his voice through the phone call. And without the mic's guidance, it sounds even worse in the second half. So forgive me, Richard, forgive me, listeners. Hopefully it's bearable because there's some great stuff in there. So didn't want to waste Richard's time by re-recording or just delete it. So yeah, good on you if you stick with it. If not, hey, I'm not going to hold that against you. So I'll stop talking and let's do some poems. Okay, I'm here with my trusty friend, the online dice roller. There's only five left, so I've got a six-sided die, so let's hope it doesn't roll a six. And it's rolled a four. Four ears. One, two, three. Orange veg. Let me find orange veg for you. Here is orange veg. I've got no notes next to it, which means maybe there's nothing interesting to say about it. Feel free to email or message me if you find anything interesting about orange veg. It didn't really taste like a carrot. Now that Herman thought about it, it didn't look much like one either. He was thinking about the word carrot so much that it lost all meaning. He said it out loud a few times. K-a-ro-t. Now he was doubting whether it was even a word. Herman started questioning a lot of other things that day, including his own existence. Kia Richard. Thank you for having, uh, thank you for joining us, joining me on the podcast. How are you? Hi, Phil. Uh, I'm, I'm very well, thank you. Uh, and uh, thank you for the invitation. Primary school, eh? So that's, uh, we've known each other, what, 30, 33-ish years? Yeah, yeah, that's that's an extremely, an extremely long time. Um, I don't really remember very much from that era. Uh, uh, sometimes we bump into people from school and they seem to have all these stories. I'm like, I don't know, it's all a bit of a void. So uh, I only have happy <laughs> memories of uh, hanging out with you, though. That's always a, a nice thing. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, yeah, 33 years and it's all been building to this, these 10 minutes or so of chat. I'd like <laughs> the to final think. 10 minutes of friendship. Yeah. Um, something I ask everyone when they come on, I say everyone, the three other people that have been on. Um, if you had your own podcast, Richard, what would your podcast be about? It would be about whatever I happen to be doing that week. So I think it would be quite varied. There'd probably be like 
a, week, a podcast episode about what I was cooking one week or then what I was reading the next or it would be extremely self-indulgent and probably only reach a viewership of myself and any of the people who try to stalk me um, which was very few but yeah I don't think it had one topic uh, oh. I'm a bit too uh, I, I, I switch around my uh, areas of interest too much to, uh, to have one single topic interesting I would definitely listen so your, your fan base you're aiming for is people who do stuff during the week yeah, my fan base would be um, bored uh, housewives, <clears throat> I think, um, and uh, people who are looking for someone who doesn't know very much about anything at all, but still gives it a go. Oh, well, what a good mindset to have. Um, yeah, I would tune in for sure. So this podcast, Richard, is about, well, it's poems, but this season is food, interesting food, as you may be aware. Um, and what food have you picked today that you'd like to talk about? I'd like to talk about um, a sort of medium-sized courgette. Actually, that's what I've chosen. Um, I, can, I can say why. It's because I, I like food in general and I eat almost everything. But a medium-sized courgette to me is uh, uh, an absolutely evil creation and I, I can't stand them. So I thought it would be uh, not wishing to define myself by the things I don't like. But there I was thinking of the one thing that it was served to me, I would have real trouble eating. Uh, and it would be a medium-sized courgette. Well, my jaw literally dropped a bit there because I thought you were building up towards a medium-sized courgette. Being that specific, I thought you were going to say that's the sweet spot and that's the perfect size courgette. And, and then you dropped the bomb that that's the worst thing you yeah. can think of. So tell me, tell me about small courgettes and massive courgettes, which are marrows, I believe. A small courgette doesn't taste very much like courgettes, like a little mini courgette like we get mini cucumbers over here now that i think they started selling an aldi and uh, they have like mini courgettes now about the same size and the length of your the big long finger and uh, they just taste a bit like a cucumber um and then a marrow is great i think it's because the flavor sort of is suffused through the giant marrow but the medium-sized courgette seems to concentrate the flavor of courgette i don't like in the perfectly um inedible uh, uh quantity for each bite to make me really dislike it Interesting, interesting. It reminds me straight away of kind of how some people talk about their their children in terms of, you know, babies are cute, babies are cute, so they're good when they're little, then they go through this teenage phase where they're pretty unpleasant sometimes or not very, uh, or they're more difficult, shall we say, to build relationships with. And then when they're way older and they're adults, then they're kind of best buds, best friends again. Yeah, yeah. So a medium-sized courgette is like, seven to 18 year old human being gotcha because i think like maybe seven's a bit young but i think it depends on your, your, your friends but i think the, the kids at that age start to get a strong sense of identity and uh, reject their parents authority they start to begin at that they can begin a bit later but yeah so maybe maybe it's kind of that era age human if you were to eat like an under five-year-old person like a baby project that would be delicious and if you to eat someone who was kind of over 18 therefore the marrow you know delicious but it's that spot in the middle that really turns my nose up yeah i really think we need a bit of a disclaimer and a, to just to clarify here at this stage of the podcast that we are not mm. advocating cannibalism or eating adolescents no in the slightest no. very much an, 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 an analogy bourget turns into a marrow that's right yeah mm. um is that is that right? I mean, I 
mean, I worry now that people are going to be like sitting at home laughing at people with an allotment who are going to be sitting there just laughing endlessly. But they, they, to me, they feel like they're very much the same thing. And they just really, one's just really got hench, you know, been, been down the gym. Yeah, well, let's face it. If if it goes really badly and people start emailing in, at least it means I'm getting some emails. Um, there you go. You know, actually, this could be an intentional mistake just to drive to drive the clicks, man. Outrage journalism and all that. So BBCGoodFood.com says the marrow is actually a courgette that has been left on the plant to grow a little longer. What other food is that true of? Like, what other food becomes a different? named food just because it's older because it's bigger and also before i get to the answer to that question i've really got to say uh, that i've just found out another name for marrow is a cucurbit because it's from the same family as melon cucumber squash and courgette this is solid gold knowledge i'm going to store that away something what other what other item of food has a different name on the basis of its age Oh, you stumped me there, Phil. I can't, I can't answer that question. That's all right. I'm sure we'll have hundreds of emails coming in telling us other things. Any, any, any other tangent or way you want our courgette chat to go? Uh, I love courgette flour. Don't get me wrong. Uh, kind of a deep fried courgette flour oh, in that yeah, kind of yeah. a Greek style is is delicious. Uh, a small courgette I've had served to me. Uh, like a kind of sushi raw um, before that uh, was absolutely delicious and I've stuffed you know many a marrow in my time um, and they've also been good but um, it, I suppose I should say why I, I dislike it um, just for, for the sense of clarity I don't want people um, leaving unfulfilled here but it, to me it tastes like uh, cat, a strong odour of cat urine I see anything I can say uh, and I, I, it really like it's walking into someone's house who's had a cat and they kind of whittle on the carpet and then you you um this what it tastes like when I put it in my mouth and they're a bit furry in a kind of weird way they're furry like I imagine a spider is furry if you made it a bit bigger so it's the combination of those two things really puts me off you know I, I wonder if again right listeners if anyone has the same experience as me I've never met anyone who has this problem with courgettes and um, you know because like some people if they eat coriander they have a different gene. And yeah. it tastes like iron or, or blood, not like a cannibal thing. Or so, they, so they don't like coriander. Yeah. Uh, but everyone else likes to eat coriander, likes coriander because it tastes of you know, a normal person's coriander. So the last one, I suppose, is courgette. It's one of those things like string beans that just seems to always be given out from people's allotments like you know just seems to grow like some kind of weed and people can't get rid of it so whenever you you see your friend who's an allotment they're like oh do you want any you know courgettes and you're like yes thank you and then you feel like you've got to do something with it because you don't want to throw it away you know it's a gift that someone's giving you um yeah so yeah it's it's just a constant burden that i might interact with with someone who's going to give me a courgette uh, uh, thinking they're doing me a good deed and actually making my life, um, you know, more burdened than if, if they've not. That's interesting, though, because um, I've helped organise a green swap here the last couple of months. We do it every other week, so people oh, yeah. bring spare things they've grown or like fruit from their trees, yeah. veggies. Uh, we had some horse manure this week, some horse muck, um, that kind of thing. Oh, that, that's quite valuable, actually, horse, horse manure. 
but we've not had quarters yet once, as far as I can remember. We've had lots of spinach, lots of kale, lots of chilies, wow. lots of lemons and oranges, but yeah, courgettes has not come up, so that's that's interesting that you noticed that. I mean, I've, I've heard that New Zealand is a paradise uh, for many people, and perhaps it's even more a paradise for me because courgette may not grow there as abundantly as it seems to do in England. I think it might do, Richard, but I think what happens is the courgettes go straight from baby courgettes and then overnight, right. boom, massive marrows. Right. That's even better. Yeah. I don't want you know, there to be no courgettes because courgettes have to exist in order for there to be marrows. I think would be it would be remiss not to mention the fact that courgette also goes by zucchini and... I think it's courgette here in New Zealand. I think most people say courgette, but obviously zucchini in the States. Um, any thoughts on that? Or any, I guess, eggplant and aubergine is the other common one, but it's pretty strange to have different names for the same thing, right? Cilantro, coriander, the other one I can yeah. think of, the, you know, American. I mean, I think, you know, American really, Americans should, should, should just speak English, really. I mean, it just makes everything a lot easier. You know, I feel like the courgette is trying to disguise itself. By giving it another, giving yourself another name in order to sneak into places it wasn't welcome before. Ah. Um, yeah, that, that, that's my assessment. And obviously, we're we're not talking like if if a food stuff has a different name in a different language, then that's obviously all good. But the fact oh, that the fact that they're two English speaking nations, you're saying that they should just you know get it yeah. together, use one one word. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, we're on very shaky ground in English if we start. Requiring other countries to use the words that we probably stole from them, uh, and then mangled, and then and then turned into English words. But yeah, I think um, it just be better for everyone if we could just pick. You know, I, I, I feel the same way. To me, it feels like a bit like metric versus imperial. You know, and let's just all agree just to go with 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 metric and um, be done with it. Uh, yeah, that, that's my view on um, American ways of spelling things. Mostly because my interaction with uh, Microsoft Word is that no matter how many times you tell it, you're in England, English, uh, it continues to default with an almost never-ending, infinite cycle uh, back to American and telling you that you're spelling it wrong. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I'm constantly annoyed by that. I can definitely relate to that. All right. Richard, I think we've come come to that time where we're going to write our poem about our medium-sized courgettes. Um, we're on episode four, so some of these have been taken. So the choices we have left are acrostic, snowball, or lipogram. I mean, I, I feel drawn towards uh, acrostic. I'm, I'm sure that will bring back some lovely memories of our youth. It is C-O-U-R-G-E-T-T-E, -T -T -E, right? Two T's. Yeah. So there's eight letters, yeah. so we get basically it's four each. Richard, do you want to go first or second? Um, I'll go first. I mean, I feel like this is this this group of on spot here, but I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna give it a good old try in the spirit of my my own personal podcast. Yeah, uh, a, a topic thing. Hey, I'll go first. Well, and this this could be your episode one, Richard. In episode one, Richard does yeah. a poetry podcast. Okay, my podcast is a collection of episodes that I'm on of other people's podcasts. This is perfect. It's almost no effort on my part. I just turn up, chat nonsense, and then another episode next week. Just send you the MP3 or whatever. Done. All right, off you go. See. <clears throat> Careful. It can be more than one word, by the way. Like it can be. Um... Oh, okay, right. Thank you. I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but because C is the first letter. 
and the poems about courgettes, it could be a bit of a a freebie, you know. Yeah, I was thinking about how courgette made me feel. But let's go, let's go with your. I mean, you have the words in my mouth, but you can't really get away from that. That's fine. It's your show, man. Let's go with C as courgette. It also takes pressure off me, so it's just win-win, really. Okay, courgette. Oh, um. I'm going to go for oh so yummy when still small. Oh so yummy when small. Okay, this is stacking up pretty good now. Um, okay, oh so yummy when small. I like that this is stacking up good now and then a massive gap. <laughs> I like its medium sized cousin. Ooh. Well, this <laughs> when it spits, you do have to watch out. Good life advice. Um, my one's easy and quick. Ah, oh, rank. Oh, rank or rancid? Rank. I'm gonna go rancid. I was gonna say we're halfway, but then I realised I miscounted and there's nine letters. So you've actually got to do more than me this time. Oh, this is going to be great, I think. Edible question mark, hardly exclamation mark. The miseries of the medium-sized courgette are, are endless. That's a bit of a long line. Um, the miseries of the medium-sized courgette are endless. Um, those... Mid-sized. What was the word we learnt? The the family. How powerful. The only thing that I can hope as the outcome for this for this podcast is that I create the, the beginning of the end of the mid-sized project. I mean, that would be that would be really an, an excellent uh, midway through twenty twenty for me. Twenty twenty two. Sorry, that would be a really good you know launching pad into July. If this is the start of the end of people's fascination with the big size project. Yeah, good, fair enough. Happy, happy to help. And this will probably go out in July. So by by the time this goes out, we might have an update from you on how the the banishing of the mid-sized courgette is going. Um all right, so ripping ourselves away from the the issue of courgettes. And the last part for you, Richard, is to choose one of my pre-prepared poems that I can read for you and that you can comment on. Um, the remaining poems are bread, soup, slice of bad luck, forks, crust, orange veg, or muffin. Oh, what, a, what an excellent buffet of options there. I'm going to go with a slice of bad luck. That, that sounds right up my street. All right, let me... Find it. Oh, I regret setting the book up like this. Slice of bad luck. Here we go. Slice of bad luck. Funny how things change. When the tin was first opened, Jimmy, the peach slice, had shied away from the opening, desperate not to be the first to be tipped from his syrupy haven. But now he'd watched all his comrades depart, including his five siblings 
who had come from the same peach as he. They had taken their place, they had all taken their place in the fruit salads, cobblers, crumbles and sorbets, and he was left stuck to the side of the tin, like a waning crescent in a clear night sky that no one would ever see because everyone was inside on their phones. That's the end. Oh, it's quite a sad story, actually. Moldy Peak dying by himself in, in the bottom of a rusty tin. Hmm. Well, it didn't say moldy, but oh. interesting that you must have really pictured that and added the, inferred the mold. <laughs> Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it would be easy to say, well, Jimmy just should have been brave when he had the chance to be first out, but I'm not going to hold that against Jimmy. Like, there's, you know, there's no, no nothing to feel ashamed about, about not wanting to be the first to do something. It takes, you know. No, it, it would be hard to imagine, you know, if, you, if you've been living on a tree and then you're chopped up into little bits and then you're stuffed in a dark container surrounded by a syrup. Uh, yeah, you're already going through quite a traumatic process. So, you know, wanting to launch yourself out of that tin on the first crack of daylight, who knows what he was worried might be there waiting for him. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I, a lot of sympathy for Jimmy. Do you ever wonder this, like with things like peaches, um, apricot halves, what the chances are of the slices or the halves being from the same piece of fruit originally? It must happen, surely. That's uh, separated and then they all grew their own identity at the point of being cut open. and that was interesting that they you know they weren't killed you know they continued but they were separate um uh i think it, i'm gonna say tree high right i'm gonna say you're that peach coming down that conveyor belt you've been washed you've had your, your stone pulled out of you and you've been sliced into bits and then the tin comes along you're all there together i mean there's probably some tumbling involved in there might mix you all up Okay, I've talked myself out of it. I'm going to say there's a 5% chance that the slices of peaches in your tin are from the same peach, and I think that's probably quite generous, uh, thinking about it now. Yeah, I think if, you get, if you're getting, what, 10, 10 slices of peach in a tin, maybe? Or it depends okay. if they're halves or slices, but 10 slices, I reckon, yeah, you'd be, you'd be lucky to get, I reckon... There's a good chance of getting a couple that are from the same, but then other than that, I think there's enough yeah. tumbling and jumbling and sorting and mixing that, yeah, you'd be lucky, I think, too. Maybe they want to keep them separate, you know, so, like, so they don't try to break out. Or, re you know? or reform. Yes, you wouldn't want to get a tin of, a tin of peaches and it's just a single peach inside. It's reform. The one that's supposed to have been done for you by the factory is now your job again. <laughs> you know, humans just don't have the time in this economy to, uh, to be chopping up their own peaches. But imagine your surprise, Richard, when you're like, this peach is whole, and you chop into it, no, ex no. expecting the stone. No stone, though, is there? No. No, that's true. That would mess with your mind. A moment of great wonder. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks so much, Richard, for your time and for your thoughts on various foodstuffs today. It's been great chatting to you and thanks yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast. I've enjoyed it immensely. Uh, very fun. Uh, I hope that the listeners out there enjoy it as well. Namihinui, thank you very much for listening. 
straight to apology mode. This is actually a re-record of this outro. In the original outro, I was apologizing to Sharon and to all my listeners for chopping out a section by mistake where Sharon selected the type of poem that she wanted to do. So it sounds like I didn't give her much of a choice where in fact I did. So sorry to Sharon. And imagine my horror when listening back to this episode for one final time, I realized I edited out a whole chunk of the poem that Richard and I geniusly created. So in case you're wondering how that poem ended, here is the poem in its full glory. Courgette, oh so yummy when still small, unlike its medium-sized cousin, rancid, gnarly, edible, hardly, the miseries of the medium-sized courgette are endless. Those mid-sized cucubits are friendless. Eject them into the void, please. So there we go. There is the full poem. Apologies again for making a complete mess of the editing. For a second time this season, I will try and get better. Uh, moving from apology mode to thanks mode. Um, thank you, Richard, for being a wonderful guest. And as always, thank you, Angus, for the artwork for this season and Jacob for the music and the stings. Do feel free to get into touch. You can find me on philandhiscapsicum at gmail.com or philandhiscapsicum on Instagram. Feel free to tell a friend. Uh, feel free to reach out if you've got some ideas, things we touched on in this podcast. For example, food that gets a different name just because it's older or bigger. Um, we kind of failed in that one, I think, didn't we? Also, if you wanted to chime in on the how many slices of a peach in a tin of peaches come from the same original peach debate, which I think is trending around the globe at the moment, then yes, please do get in touch. Um, thank you for sticking with this one. I'm aware that it's broken the 20-minute mark. Also, let me know if you like that or if you don't like that so much. And I will be back same time next week with another episode another food stuff and a bunch more poems kakite